But once again, though, let's get back on subject here. Mike Valeni is your father figure. No, he is not. You love Valenti. Like, remember you were swaggerjacking some of his his bits. That's who you get your swag off of. You're not a father figure. Let us be your sports father figure on our podcast with swag on SoundCloud and iTunes at WHUTs after further review. We're back at it here on 88.3 WHTs. Have the further review. David, David the man who got Harris's NFL and college football winners and losers. Go ahead, David. David? Big game. Mm. Yep. Go ahead. Big week in winners and losers. We're going to start with the winners. Um, a lot of head coaches getting the jobs in Division I football. Shout out to Jackson State keeping it in house. Shout outs to moves and the Atlantic Sun. You know, all, all the group of five conferences. We talked about the D5 or D1, Power Five. But they're also just not, not a head coaching job. Maybe not yet, but Drew Brees assisting with bowl preparation. 95% chance that Drew Brees is going to try to put on a jersey at halftime if Purdue's playing crappy and run on the field. Um, but yeah, getting getting into another coach putting in his work and his dues. Maybe head coach Purdue University uh-huh. in five years. Doubt it, but I doubt it too. But I'm, it's interesting that Purdue went with a defensive-minded coach in uh, Ryan Walters. Well, I mean, you have, you have to think about it in the fact that in the Big Ten, I mean, you really don't need a great offense to win the league. If, like, yes, Ohio State has a high-powered offense. Yes, Michigan. Can't score points. Blake Corum, you know, got robbed of being invited to New York. But Big Ten is about strong defenses, front seven, strong linebacker play. Like that's going to be your bread and butter. Like that's historical Big Ten football. You know, in between the tackles is where you win. And I think if Purdue can get to that, where in, in recent years they've had solid defensive line. I mean, and they go into the next level. So. I mean, I kind of like it. Is it going to suck for all the, you know, the current analytics of, you know, this is about scoring 40, 50 points a game and everyone throws it 50 times? No, but, I mean, some teams just aren't operating that way. Well, I mean, I mean, I, I get what you're saying, David. I just find it interesting because, I mean, ever since uh, the Joe Tiller era, uh, Purdue's really bad. had about offense, throwing the ball, basketball on grass, and I mean, I'm not sure if that's going to change under Walters or is or not. Uh, I mean, it might have to because obviously they lose Aiden O'Connell, their quarterback, um, Chuck Sizzle, Charlie Jones, their receiver, he's going to be gone. So, I mean, I'm not really sure what their running back room is going to look like <coughs> like as well, so that's going to be something that's going to be watching. I thought, it was, I thought it was somewhat interesting, so we'll, we'll just kind of see how it goes. Yeah, uh, another team is kind of switching over to the pro game. Um, well, for all the bowls that have already happened, Miami of Ohio, heartbreaking way to lose. Um, 
I guess that's the action for you. Just everything comes down to late game situation, whether you're playing a MAC team or not. But congratulations to UAB getting another bowl game. Troy beating UT's um, SA um, to kick off the bowl season. A lot of bowl games happening right now on this football Saturday. Yeah, right now uh, Louisville leads Cincinnati twenty-four to seven. That, and of course, that's what that's interesting because Scott Satterfield left Louisville to go to Cincinnati, and oh wait, they're playing each other. <laughs> and taking it back to the old uh, Metropolitan Stadium in Minneapolis, both teams on the same sideline. Wait a minute, they're in uh, old Metropolitan Stadium, the old where the the outdoor no. stadium. No, no, they're taking it back for they playing at Fenway Park, but both teams are on the same sideline. No, so it's like back to the right, like really field that. and stuff. Mm, okay, I mean, they, I remember they did that when they uh, played uh, pinstripe. Well, not the pinstripe, not the pinstripe, but it was. But I know at Wrigley Field for Western in Illinois when they played the. Uh, I forget what it was called. It was in the. It was in San Francisco. They played it at uh, oh, oh, BNC Paint or PNC. Not PNC no, at and AT and T. Yes, AT and T. Yeah, they change the bowl names every two years, anyways. No one. Yeah, but I, mean, I don't think they have one in San Francisco anymore. I think they nixed that one. It was the Red Box Bowl? They moved it to Santa Clara, and I don't think they play it anymore. Too many bowls, but we talked about that at Nazem. Mm. Um, Switching over to the pro game, the Brock Purdy experience. Now, people are going to go, you know, prison of the moment, saying he should be the quarterback of the future. He was Mr. Relevant for a reason. Like, you you don't get picked last in the entire draft. All 32 teams had a chance to pick him. And, this, you know, you know, great story, feel good. Trey Lance is the guy, well, Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo, depending on that quarterback controversy, quote-unquote. Like, those are your quarterbacks of the future. Brock Purdy's looks solid backup. Now, can he go somewhere and be number two? Great. But, like I say, for all the players that are having success in San Francisco, system. If you can play in the system, you'll be successful. Brock Purdy went to a system that fit his style, didn't ask him to do much. And he's playing well. So, am I going to say Brock Purdy should be the starter throughout the playoffs, or you know, or like depending on health, he's going to be the starter unless Jimmy G comes back. And I think it's Jimmy G's job. But do I think Brock Purdy should start Week One, irregardless of if Trey Lance is 100 percent healthy or Jimmy G's 100 percent healthy? No. He's a he's a good third backup or third quarterback to have in the room in case of emergency. Yeah. All right, you go. And two teams with crazy, or not crazy wins, but Carolina getting the win out west in Seattle to find the odds, kind of in the Steve Wilkes era, who I think probably should get the head coaching job full time, playing for the coach. Even though David Tepper has come out and said that he's not going to. Well, Tepper's inept as an owner, anyways. Like they tried to get him out. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff with Tapper that mm-hmm. you should probably keep hush hush and kind of go with what the players actually want. And the last winner for me, the Houston Texans, even though they didn't win, 
none of us, and I mean none of us, would have thought that it was coming down to the wire where, you know, they had a chance to win the game against Dallas. And all of us were thinking, take Dallas, take the points. I think I even said it was going to be a blowout. Like, Houston, Houston is one of those teams that you just don't know. Because when they're good, they're good. When they're bad, they are abysmal. Like, they are the epitome of the hamster wheel. Mm -hmm. And I think they could use I don't know. If they had a number one wide receiver and a better quarterback, I think they would have at least five, six wins. Mm -hmm. I'm switching over to the losers, the Cleveland Browns. I teased them to pick them that they don't have a quarterback. I I understand it's, you know, this is only two games after not playing for over a year and a half, but Deshaun Watson is rusty. I mean, like, rusty, rusty. Like, like, and then the fact that in the midst of this rusty, he's trying to throw the ball a lot. Meanwhile, Nick Chubb is back here like, Sam, just hand me the football. Let me work. Kareem Hunt's like, hand me the football. Let me work. You're abandoning your bread and butter, which has pretty much gotten you the majority of the wins that you have this season. To try to get Deshaun Watson up to speed. Like, stick to what you work best. You have two great running backs, the best one two tandem in football mm-hmm. to a lot of people. Like, just run it. Uh, a lot of quarterbacks took a lot of bumps and bruises. Um, watching the Ravens Steelers game, both. Um, Tyler Hundley and um, Kenny Pickett going out with injuries. Kenny Pickett's uh, the hit that led to him getting a concussion was not called for roughing the passer, which was curious because Justin Herbert just got tackled, and that was a roughing the passer. So I want to know what that conversation was like in the NFL officiating committee on that Zoom call. But yeah, just some, some of the inconsistencies with quarterbacks kind of getting hit inside the pocket or kind of when still they have the quarterback protection. But we've been, again, we've been talking about quarterback refereeing for the like, past five, six years. Well, David, I did happen to see a report somewhere that their NFL is considering a roughing, making a roughing the passer penalty an ejectable offense, which I, I'm, I mean, I get, I get it. Like if, you, if you if you're leading with a crowd of helmet, you spear and you spear him, or if you deliver a blow to the head that looks intentional, then yeah, obviously give him the heave ho. But if you're gonna make roughing the passer just a general ejection, no, it's football. Yeah, like like if it's roughing the passer and you can like look at the replay and see that like borderline targeting, then yes. Like those conversations, because you can't leave with your helmet, or in the case of what happened with Kenny Pickett, you know, slam down on your head. You know, can't yeah. do that anymore. You know, like some of that oh. legislation. I think maybe going to something like where the NBA has with flagrant one, flagrant two. I think I've that been, would work best. I've been saying that as well. Oh, have like a. Uh, 
level one, level two. It'll be level one is where it looks like it was un- unintentional. Oh, or or something like that. He say, you know what? It's just a 15 yard penalty. No ejection. Level two is where if you see there's clear malicious intent, there's head hunting, there's no attempt to avoid the head, head or defensive players leading with his helmet and spears a guy in the in the abdomen or anywhere else, then yeah, that should be an injectable offense because you don't need to have that crap in the game. Or if he gets or if he picks up somebody and body slams him. Yeah, I think I think this offseason there's gonna be a lot there should be some serious conversations about officiating in the NFL. Forget trying to figure out what a catch is because we're never gonna figure that out. Oh. And, and since we're gonna since we're getting to this era of if you breathe on a quarterback or in the case of what happened with Justin Herbert on Sunday night football, if you just tackle him the wrong way and from an angle the referee's angle, it looks quote unquote looks bad, then they'll call it I think I think there's going to be a lot of changes, and I wouldn't be surprised if in the preseason they're experimenting with some new kind of system to legislate kind of quarterback hits and kind of yeah protecting but, players. By the way, score update: Colts lead Vikings ten nothing. Uh, Colts ended up getting a uh, blocked punt return for a score, and Dalvin Cook also had a lost fumble. It's so early, and Kirk Cousins in prime time, you know. Yeah, it, well, it's not prime time. It's an afternoon game. Yeah, but he's the only he's the only game in town. Unless you're watching, you know, unless you're gambling on Louisville, Cincinnati. Which, why would you do that? <laughs> oh, I did for the record, but continue. And then the, the last loser for me, the entire Heisman Trust Heisman Trophy. We talked about it. A little bit last week, Caleb Williams, probably the worst of the four quarterbacks up there. If we're if we're just going to be honest, if we're going with the metric of when when the stakes were the highest, who played the best? Caleb Williams, probably at best third, and I say at best because you know Max Duggan was undefeated before the Big Twelve championship game and Sunny Dyke losing his mind. Do I do I think that it should have gone the CJ Stroud? Like out of all the four, I think I think Stetson Bennett deserved it, personally, just because Georgia dominated best team in the country all year, no bad games, no anything. But if you're going if we're going by statistics and for me, it's what you do when the lights are biggest. I'm not giving it to Caleb Williams, but like, like he said, he's getting the Heisman Trophy that he quote-unquote won, and the rest of them are actually going in the playoff for a national championship. That a lot more people are going to remember later on down, you know, in five, ten years. Meanwhile, Caleb Williams is probably going to, you know, end up – you know, mid-round obscurity, probably get drafted by you know Texans or the Titans. Well, this is another Lincoln Riley quarterback that has brought home the Heisman and another Lincoln Riley transfer QB because it happened with Baker Mayfield, it happened with Kyler Murray, hey, and now Caleb Williams. It happens with not 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 a 
not a good group that you want to be a part of personally because when talking about both of them coming out of the draft, we we talked about Baker Mayfield and height and everything, and he was all, you know, he was in that Johnny Men. He was compared to Johnny Menzel. Like, we're not that far away from that. I don't need to repeat what I said about Kyler Murray and that whole Arizona situation, but good luck to Caleb Williams. Maybe he breaks the trend and becomes a USC quarterback that actually does something <laughs> in the National Football League that's not named Carson Palmer. And Carson Palmer is some of that when he was injured some of those years. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that that like that's the last USC quarterback that we can say played well. Like, in the next level. Like, like, yeah. Like, some people say, you know, Matt Weiner, but... Weiner eh. yeah, sucked. Barkley sucked. I mean, you've got a lot to live up to. But first things first, let, let's try to see if you can, you know... Get to a national, get to a full college football playoff, and then we'll talk about you know painting your fingernails, whatever words you want to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And with that, that is my winners and losers. Ooh, wow, that was good, David. Good job, David. Coming up next, talk World Cup is just ending. Actually. Yeah, they had the third place game today. Uh, Croatia defeated Morocco. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we'll get into that. So, take a quick commercial break. You listen to 88.3 WTs. After further review, there the man got Harris comes up with his World Cup recap. Was it a good World Cup? Was it good for the United States as well? Some people are saying they had a good showing. We'll talk about that and more on the other side here at 88.3 WTs. After further review, 